Joe Biden declares half the country, people like you and me, enemies of the state. But we will not be duped. We will not be gaslit. We will not back down from pushing back against the dangerous ideology of his administration and party. Jackson, Mississippi has a water problem. Who is actually to blame for this? And tragically, a Memphis mom goes missing and authorities may have found her body. We will get into all of this and more today on Relatable. This episode is brought to you, as always, by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Tuesday. Hope everyone had a wonderful Labor Day weekend. So before we get down into the muck and the mire of today's news of Joe Biden's dark and dangerous speech, let me start this episode with something a little lighthearted, a little happy, something that I'm grateful for. And that is that today, September 6th, 2022, I had to remember what day it was, is my husband um, and my seventh wedding anniversary. And so we are celebrating that today. I am so thankful for seven years of marriage. If there is any tip that I have, any advice that I have for those who are just getting married or looking to get married or you've been married for any amount of time, something that someone told me a few years ago that I really try to keep to heart and we do not implement perfectly because just like any people in any marriage, we are imperfect, but you are on the same team. You're on the same team. You're not competing against each other. It's not about who has cleaned the kitchen more or who has cooked more or who carries more weight in the family. You're on the same team. You're trying to push the ball in the same direction. And that can be really difficult to remember, I think, in stressful moments or stressful seasons when you're in that newborn stage and you're waking up every couple hours and you're trying to Uh, share the work, but it always feels like you're doing more and then he's doing more. And it's so easy to kind of nag each other or be at each other's throats. And that is, of course, Satan trying to drive you apart. Because as we've talked about many times, Satan hates marriage. He hates that it's a reflection of Christ in the church. He hates the union. And he is going to do anything that he possibly can to Um, divide you and to pit you against each other and to grow bitterness and resentment and passive aggressiveness. So just a reminder that as you are doing your responsibilities, as you are working, as you are changing diapers, waking up in the middle of the night, doing the dishes, paying the bills, whatever it is, you are going the same direction. You are on the same team with the same goal. Um, And so that is just a helpful reminder for me because, you know, our sin nature is selfish and we are haughty and we try to put our own needs and our own wants and our own glory before the needs and the wants of other people, including our spouse, including the person that we love so much. So that's something that I have learned that I try to remember. And I am just so thankful. I'm thankful for my husband. I'm thankful for what a wonderful dad he is, what a wonderful husband he is, and for how much we have experienced and grown over the past seven years. Seven just sounds like a really long time. And gosh, we have lived so much life during that time. We've moved cities. We've changed jobs. We have two little kids now. And uh, he really is just a wonderful husband and dad. For those who don't know, we met 
in 2014, fall of 2014, working out at a gym, not like one of those LA fitness type situations where he just kind of came up to me and was like, hey, do you need help with the bench press? But it was like a CrossFit style gym. So we were taking the same classes and we just uh, started talking to one another. I guess we just thought the other one was cute and that's probably how it initially went down and then we just really hit it off and we started talking just standing in the parking lot outside of our cars after class and our conversations just got longer and longer and one night after class the class probably ended at like 6 30 p.m we stood out there by ourselves until like 10 30 just talking just talking about everything and so once we realized that we could converse nonstop for four hours, completely skip dinner without a care in the world, we realized, okay, like we should probably start dating. But that wasn't my revelation that night. The night that we talked for four hours about who knows what we even talked about, books, music, all that good stuff, just getting to know one another. My revelation was not that we should start dating. My revelation that night was that we were going to get married. I didn't tell him that, but I did um, text my friend that who, or I left her a voicemail, I can't remember, who I'm sure thought that I was crazy at the time. But sure enough, about a year later, we got married. We only dated for five months. We were engaged for four months. We got married September of 2015 and haven't looked back. It's been seven awesome years. And I'm just so thankful to the Lord for it. So anyway, happy anniversary to my husband. Now, before we get in to the dark and the dangerous dark Brandon, we are going to pause. Let me just break it up a little bit and tell you about our first sponsor for the day. And it's a great sponsor. It's a wonderful company. They offer an amazing service that is extremely needed. That is Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes is a software that you download on your phone, you download it on your tablet, on your computer to guard your eyes or the eyes and the minds of your kids, anyone in your family who shares your account uh, from pornography, from the kinds of images and content that can not only create addictions, but can really inhibit your ability to thrive as a human being. Um, And so that's what Covenant Eyes is about. It is protecting um, your thoughts and your heart against that which is impure and that which is damaging, specifically pornography. Um, And so I encourage you to check it out if that's something that you think would be a helpful tool for you or a helpful tool for the people in your life. You can block porn on your children's devices in particular. You can also model online integrity for your kids by using accountability on your own devices. Go to coveyes.com slash Allie. That's C-O-V-I's dot com slash Allie. When you do, you will get a you'll get the software free for 30 whole days. That's coveyes.com slash Allie. All right, let's get into this speech. This happened last Thursday night. President Biden delivered his speech um, in front of Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in in front of a wall that was bathed in blood red light. He was flanked by members of our military. He delivered a speech that was filled with vitriol, with anger, with resentment, with bitterness, projection, in utter delusion about the country over which he presides, he essentially declared half the country enemies of the republic, traitors. He categorized those of us who are pro-life, 
who are against the mutilation of children's bodies in the name of so-called gender affirmation, who are for the right of self-defense, who are against medical tyranny, those who just want to be left alone from the overreach of the government as a threat. Now, the imagery alone from this speech will go down in infamy as one of the worst optics in political history. I mean, he could have gone up there in that setting and read a chapter from Little Women, and he still would have looked like a scary communist dictator. Even Brianna Keller from CNN, uh, she says, whatever you think of this speech, the military is supposed to be a political positioning Marines in uniform behind President Biden, which is what he did for a political speech flies in the face of that. It's wrong when Democrats do it. It's wrong when Republicans do it. She got a lot of pushback for that. People saying, oh, no, they're defending democracy. And he was just talking about democracy. No, he was talking about Republicans being the enemy of democracy. And he was flanked by the military when he did that. What message do you think that that was supposed to send? Uh, the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, said the presence of the Marines at the speech was intended to demonstrate the deep and abiding respect the president has for these service members to these ideals and the unique role our independent military plays in defending our democracy, no matter which party is in power. Now, let's use a little algebra, a little deductive reasoning. So, Marines are supposed to protect democracy. You, President Biden says, and as we will look at more specifically as we analyze the speech in a minute, you, he says, are a threat to democracy. What do you think that means about how this administration thinks of the role of the military? As many have pointed out, uh, his speech looked very similar to speeches made by Mao and Hitler and Mussolini. Red is the color of dictators, not to mention, again, the presence of the military at a speech where he is declaring his fellow Americans enemies of the state. Now, to me, my first thought when I saw this picture was that it looks like hell. It looks like hell. I mean, he looks like Satan. And I would be saying this, honestly, I would, no matter who was in front of that podium, I would be saying, wow, this looks really bad. And now I know all of his sycophants on Twitter can pretend like this wasn't a big deal or that he actually looks really cool and powerful, dark Brandon. That was kind of a meme that was going going around. But that, I'm afraid, is wishful thinking. Now, he already, just on a daily basis in any given speech, looks exceedingly weak and he looks angry about his weakness, about his inability to kind of put a coherent sentence together. But in this speech, he just looked, he, he just, he, he didn't look strong at all. He looked deranged and he looked angry. He looks vengeful. And to the average person, who does not spend their day scrolling on Twitter and reading the propaganda and say the Washington Post, this speech looked really bad. It looked frightening. And the content, the content of the speech was even worse than what it looked like. So I want to read you and play you parts of his speech, and then I will give you my reaction to it. And I will tell you why I believe he is so wrong, not just morally wrong, but factually wrong in what he says so here's the first part of the speech that I want to react to. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. 
Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know, because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. Now, you see, you hear that contradiction immediately. Not all Republicans, he says, not mainstream Republicans, just Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans. Hang on. Considering that over 70 million Americans voted for Donald Trump, I would say that's a pretty large chunk of people. You're not just talking about the French. You're talking about the people who voted for Trump. So all the moms, the dads, the grandmas, the grandpas, the small business owners, the working class people, all the people who, for the sake of the unborn, voted against Joe Biden. You, he says, represent an extremism. That's what Joe Biden is saying. I know moderates and independents who voted for Trump, people who are just tired of the constant chaos and the confusion that are, that's wrought by Democrats, who saw Democrat cities burned and looted for months without any strong condemnation from the party, who saw the hypocrisy of Democrat politicians who kept kids out of school for health while they partied with their friends, who couldn't believe that the Democrat Party platform included affirmation of the idea that kids can become the opposite gender. These are people who have voted Democrat their whole lives and then voted for Donald Trump, who still hold mostly liberal views. Now, these people, because they voted against Joe Biden and voted for Donald Trump because they were tired of the craziness and the radical, the radicalism that is now the Democrat Party. Joe Biden is saying even these people are extreme, a threat to this country. So when he says not all Republicans, just MAGA Republicans, what he is really saying is, okay, I'm okay with Liz Cheney. I'm okay with Adam Krisinger. I'm okay maybe with Mitt Romney. Okay, remember though, he even said that Mitt Romney was a racist that wanted to put black people back in chains back in the 2012 election. So he's lying. He's lying to you. He is not just talking about like this fringe group. He is talking about everyone who disagrees with him. Everyone who disagrees with him, he says, are a threat to the republic, are a threat to democracy as he is flanked by our military. Now, he says, and here in my view is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people, says Joe Biden. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. The projection is off the charts. The gaslighting is insane. It's enough to make you go crazy. Like, this is the same person who defied a Supreme Court ruling by enacting an eviction moratorium so that landlords, the vast majority of whom, by the way, are just working class people who manage a few properties to feed their families, couldn't evict tenants who weren't paying. I mean, this is the same guy who forced companies to mandate an ineffective and sometimes harmful vaccine to their employees, telling everyone who opposed him to get out of the way. All of that was unconstitutional. 
Like, this is the same guy who, after the Supreme Court rightly and simply ruled that the right to abortion is is just not stated in the Constitution, which is a fact, said that the Supreme Court is dominated by an extreme ideology, and they are working right now to figure out how to get around that ruling. Joe Biden and the Democrat Party don't care about the Constitution. They see the Constitution as an inhibition to their agenda. Democrats have not cared about the Constitution in a very long time. We know how they feel about the Second Amendment. How about the first? During COVID, Democrats in power in states across the country tried to inhibit the right to worship while making sure that places like strip clubs and casinos stayed open. This administration, this presidential administration has been anti-free speech, pressuring private companies like Facebook and Twitter to censor people whose opinions they don't like. This is according to Newsweek. Our friend Josh Hammer wrote this piece. Facebook and the Biden administration arranged weekly and monthly phone calls to discuss what Facebook should be censoring. Those emails from late July 2021 happened to be dated just a couple of weeks after then-White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki criticized social media platforms for not doing enough to stifle, quote-unquote, misinformation, a.k.a. opinions they don't like. And President Joe Biden criticized them for, quote-unquote, killing people. The article goes on. Other emails confirm that, by, that the Biden administration, actors and agencies as wide-ranging as the Surgeon General, the Department of the Treasury, the Department of Health and Human Services, the Centers for Disease uh, Control and Prevention, and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency were all in communication with some combination of Google, Facebook, and Twitter. In every instance of this communication, the goal was the same, to censor misinformation and to constrain the regime's Overton window of permissible civilian opinion formation so as to penalize the the citizenry's well-earned suspicion of the regime's proffered narratives. And Joe Biden has the audacity to call conservatives fascist. What is fascism in this instance? What is fascism but the wedding of corporate and government power, the collapsing of these two entities to control people? This is all a projection. Um, let me play you this next part. We've got even more projection coming on. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. They look at the mob that stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th, brutally attacking law enforcement, not as insurrectionists who placed a dagger at the throat of our democracy, but they look at them as patriots. Okay, so many things I want to say. First of all, so the people, the rioters on January 6th, they put a dagger to the throat of democracy simultaneously, Joe Biden believes, as he said just the other day. And these are unarmed rioters, by the way. He said just the other day that people who own guns and AR-15s are going to be no match for the government because the government has fighter jets and has... Uh, large weapons that, of course, would dominate the average citizen's gun. So unarmed rioters 
almost completely did away with democracy in the United States, but also well-armed citizens of the United States are no match for the U.S. government. So I'm a little bit confused there. So let's break this down, though, a little bit of what he said. When he says that these radical extremists want to take the country back to a time when we no longer have the right to choose. We know what that's a euphemism for. Choose is a euphemism for dismembering unborn children. The Democrat position is that women should be free to abort their babies through all nine months for any reason without apology. That is an extreme radical position. Abortion is extreme radical and violent, and Democrats in the U.S. are far more radical on it than any country in Europe. I mean, talk about extreme. So he is saying that people who don't believe in that, who don't believe that that is some enshrined right in the Constitution, which it's not and should not be considered a right, those people he is saying are extreme MAGA Republicans who are a threat to our republic. You hear that pro-lifers? You hear that pro-life evangelicals for Biden? You're lumped into. Uh, Promote authoritarian leaders, he says Republicans do. Like who? Justin Trudeau, who literally seized the bank accounts of peaceful protesters, who still is restricting the travel of people who are unvaccinated. Also, again, how laughable, how laughable that the party that allowed the destruction of cities for months in 2020, who called for defunding the police, is now talking about the rule of law, justice, The same administration using the Justice Department to go after concerned parents at school board meetings? The same president who we now know used the FBI to suppress the crimes of his son and to go after Trump, his political opponent? Now, on January 6th, you guys know I don't really need to repeat myself. I do not at all and have never endorsed the violence that happened that day. What I saw from many of the people there could not be counted in any realm as patriotism. But... Also, their punishment, many of them, has been completely disproportionate, putting some of them in solitary confinement, prison time for nonviolent offenders, throwing the book at them when, again, Democrat cities are riddled with murder and violence because Democrat prosecutors and judges refuse to enforce the rule of law there. It's hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy. Also, he says, but while the threat to American democracy is real, I want to say as clearly as we can. We are not powerless in the face of these threats. We are not bystanders in this uh, bystanders in this ongoing attack on democracy. There are far more Americans, far more Americans from every from every background and belief who reject the extreme MAGA ideology than those that accept it. And folks, it is within our power. It's in our hands, yours and mine to stop the assault on American democracy. Threat to democracy. Assault on democracy. You and me. You and me. Someone last week made a very angry and earnest video um, about our funny conversation that we had. I think it was last Wednesday about like dinosaurs and the moon landing and questioning things and like our favorite conspiracy theories. And someone literally commented on that video. A liberal commented on that video saying, Ali, that's why people like you are a threat to the republic. This is literally on a video where I am talking about how we how do we know what a triceratops looks like? Okay, so if that comment makes people on the other side so angry that that is what counts us as a threat to democracy, I promise you the mainstream conservative and Republican is included in that. 
And here's what I'll say to that. If being against mutilating kids and killing babies and being against rewarding crime, being against putting America last, if that makes me extreme, then so be it. You can call me what you want. You can call me what you want. I am against those things. That is my platform. Whatever is the opposite of that, whatever's the opposite of mutilating kids and killing babies and putting America last and being soft on crime, that's what I want. If that makes me radical, then I am willing to wear that label. I, though, know that it's simply rational. It's simply sane. It's simply compassionate. I'm not going to be gaslit into believing that I am on the wrong side of things. When I know, I know who is authoring the chaos in this country, you're not going to be able to convince me otherwise. I'll play you my next clip in just a second. Let me pause, tell you about our next sponsor for the day. That's ExpressVPN. So you want to make sure that your online activity is private. All the data, all the information that you've got online, you want to make sure that it's protected. Your internet service provider, if you're getting that for free, they're turning around and they're selling your data. That's how they make money. ExpressVPN protects you from that very thing. That's what I use. It's super easy. All you have to do is sign up, you get your account, and you put it on all of your devices, up to five devices, and it anonymizes your internet activity and it hides your location from these entities that are trying to steal your data and target your location. They give you a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers, and so you are protected. I love ExpressVPN. So easy to use. It just runs in the background of my computer phone. Doesn't slow me down at all. Go to expressvpn.com slash Allie. Get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S vpn.com slash Allie. Go to expressvpn.com slash Allie. All right, here's what else Biden has to say about MAGA Republicans. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. I just have to remind you, these people believe men can give birth. These people literally believe men can get pregnant. All right. And they are saying that you and I live in the shadow of lies. Chaos. Chaos. Again, every single city run by Democrats is chaos. Democrats wage moral chaos and physical chaos through their policies. They are literally part of their platform is murder of babies. Whether it's abortion or murder committed by those who should be in prison but aren't because of policies that are put forth in the name of so-called equity. He says Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans. Who's that? I don't know. Probably just the Lincoln Project. He says, we must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving American democracy than MAGA Republicans are to to destroying American democracy. We, the people, will not let anyone or anything tear us apart. Today, there are dangers around us we cannot allow to prevail. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that sounds unifying to you, but really what he's saying is that you... You of the 70 million people that voted for Trump and not even if you didn't vote for Trump, because I know there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who didn't vote for Trump. We agree on a lot of things. You didn't vote for Trump. You either voted for Biden. You didn't vote at all. Whatever. He is still saying he's already listed the characteristics that a lot of you um, that a lot of you have, though. 
whether you voted for Trump or not. Oh, you're pro-life. Oh, you're against his policies. You're against the Biden administration. You don't agree with him. He has already lumped you in with extremism. So whether you voted for Donald Trump or not, I guarantee you that unless you are actively working on behalf of the Democrats and you just have a Republican in your name, like the people at the Lincoln Project, he considers you an extremist that is destroying American democracy. If, for example, you think that, hey, I think it's probably a smart idea since most other countries have this figured out and it's just kind of common sense to require voter ID when people vote. It's not logical to say that this somehow excludes black people or excludes poor people. It's just a way to verify that everyone is voting, is a citizen, that they're in the right location and to protect the integrity of our elections, something that I thought Democrats cared about or I thought that they said that they care about, but they actually vote against every single effort by Republicans to protect the integrity of our elections, to make sure that everyone who votes in our elections are actually citizens. I mean, Democrats actually have as a part of their platform, have campaigned on allowing non-citizens to vote in American elections. You know that the vast majority of countries across the world would never allow that, that their voting and election rules are much stricter than ours. If you are for those common sense measures to make sure that our elections are taken care of, he considers you an assault on democracy because he considers that, as all Democrats do today, um, trying to make it more difficult for people to vote, inhibiting democracy. It's crazy, crazy talk. So what he is saying in this, he's saying that you are outside the bounds of what can be considered normal and acceptable. You, MAGA Republicans, a.k.a. everyone who doesn't agree with him, you are destroying Democracy. Here's what else he has to say. We hear you've heard it. More and more talk about violence as an acceptable political tool in this country. It's not. It can never be an acceptable tool. So I want to say this plain and simple. There is no place for political violence in America, period. None ever. Wow, good job raising your voice, buddy. Awesome. Agree. Tell it to your base. Tell it to your base. Literally, just a couple weeks ago, Roanoke, Texas, there were armed Antifa members standing in front of a bar that was hosting a drag show where children were present, threatening with their guns peaceful protesters. Remember 2020 when restaurant goers, just peaceful restaurant goers, just your average people, private citizens, were harassed by BLM. Remember all those murderous riots? There are far, this is the truth, there are far greater examples of political extremism and political violence from the left than the right, if we're keeping score. He also says, they don't understand, MAGA Republicans, what every patriotic American knows. You can't love your country when only you win. It's fundamental. Hilarious. 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 According to Gallup, only 26% of Democrats are extremely proud to be an American. 26% versus 58% of Republicans. Now, Republicans, according to this, if um, you're going all the way back to, I think it's 2000 when this graph 
starts. Republicans have always considered themselves more extremely proud to be an American than Democrats, but it used to be the majority of both parties. That has gone down over the years. And for Democrats, when their pride in being an America, uh, being an American really plummeted was in 2016 when Donald Trump took office. I mean, you heard them. You saw them on Twitter talking about how embarrassed they are to be an American. They didn't say, oh, well, I'm proud to be an American. I'm embarrassed of Donald Trump. No, many of them. I'm talking mainstream uh, Democrat commentators saying that they are not proud to be an American. I mean, you see more and more them saying, I don't really know if I want to celebrate the 4th of July. Only 26% of Democrats are extremely proud to be an American. A large percentage of them are not proud at all to be an American. So again, I won't be gaslit. I'm not going to allow the Democrat president to say, like, who's patriotic and who's not, like, who really loves their country and who doesn't. The vast majority of Democrats don't. They're not extremely proud to be Americans. Um, He says that he ran for president because he believed that we are in a battle for the soul of this nation. He says he still believes that to be true. The soul is the breath, the life, the essence of who we are. That's what makes us us. Again, these are the very people who scoff at what America was founded on, who scoff at the Constitution, who scoff at our founding ideals. He says that America is defined by the sacred proposition that all are created equal in the image of God, which, by the way, I agree with, but Joe Biden does not. Joe Biden does not believe that we are all made in the image of God. Democrat policies fly in the face of that every day. Every day. That all are entitled to be treated with decency, dignity, and respect, even the human being in the womb? No. He believes that taxpayer dollars should actually fund the dismemberment of babies inside the womb. That all deserve justice and a shot at lives of prosperity and consequence. Agree. I agree with that, that everyone deserves a shot at lives of prosperity and consequence. That doesn't mean the outcomes are going to be guaranteed, which, again, are policies that are being put forth by Democrats to try to guarantee outcomes. He says in that democracy, democracy must defend. It must be defended for democracy makes all things possible. First of all, we're a republic. We're not a pure democracy. Democrats want a pure democracy. That's why they would like to get rid of something like the Electoral College, because they understand that the major cities in this country, the most populous cities in this country are deeply blue, and they would basically be deciding the election for the rest of the country. Um, So Democrats have been saying for a long time that they want a pure democracy. They want every election to be won, the presidential election to be won by the popular vote. But our founders had some foresight. They know that pure democracies fail. It turns into the tyranny of the majority. It turns into a form of mob rule. There is a reason that we have the representation that we do. And so when he says democracy, I don't think he's just talking about voting. He is talking about a new system of government that Americans are not used to. Because as we know, as we know, Democrats are in favor of mob rule. They, I mean, again, we saw that throughout 2020 and largely in 2021 as well, intimidating people, intimidating juries, intimidating judges, whether it was the case of Derek Chauvin and George Floyd or whether it was the case of Kyle Rittenhouse. I mean, you had Democrat activists actively trying to change the verdicts by intimidating those who are involved in those cases. So again, I don't want to hear about trying to keep our institutions intact by the people who not only don't 
respect the justice system when it is working how it's supposed to, but also want to pack the Supreme Court because things don't go their way. I mean, these are the same people who, by the way, barely, if at all, except the results of the 2016 election. I mean, they still are saying that it was stolen by Donald Trump and the Russians. I mean, that's a myth. That's a conspiracy theory that they're still running on. So I don't want to hear from them about accepting the results of an election. He says, my fellow Americans, America is an idea, the most powerful uh, idea in the history of the world. And it beats in the hearts of the people of this country. It beats in all of our hearts. It unites America. It is the American creed. Now, it's not the most powerful idea in the history of the world. I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of splitting hairs there because, of course, I would say the gospel is the most powerful, but the gospel isn't really an idea. So maybe I would agree if I want to give the benefit of the doubt. I agree with what Joe Biden says there, but I am not going to forget the rest of the speech just because I agree, at least with the premise of what he is saying, because what he believes is that people like you and I are against that idea or against America when, of course, It is hypocrisy. It is projection. As I've said, democracy, when Democrats say democracy, what they mean is authoritarianism that they like. What they mean is pushing policies, no matter what the Supreme Court says, no matter what Congress says, no matter what the majority of people they want. I mean, remember, this is this is the same administration as we talked about a few months ago in June. And we'll link the the episode if you're curious about this. This is the same administration who used, is using the USDA to take away subsidized lunches for poor children in schools that do not allow boys who think they're girls into girls' restrooms and locker rooms. Okay, this is that administration talking about democracy, talking about decency, talking about integrity. People who know Joe Biden know that he is a nasty man. He's a nasty politician. He's been in politics for 50 years. You'd be hard pressed to find a Republican or Democrat who has been in office that long, who doesn't have some serious, scary skeletons in their closet, who doesn't have at least a little bit of nastiness in them. And everyone on Capitol Hill, they know, they know that Joe Biden is a nasty guy. This character that he has put on, that I'm just slow Joe, I'm just... Well, he is slow, Joe, but that I'm just some moderate, independent guy who just wants to unite us. That was always an act. That wasn't real. And he can act pretty well because he is not fully there mentally. And so I think just a lot of people, especially Christian women who were convinced by the propaganda that, oh, I can be for the party that believes in subsidizing the murder of children and still be pro-life because that's what it means to be compassionate. It's all about nuance, yada, yada, yada. Democrats help the poor. Yeah, right. They don't. Um, I think that that kind of character, uh, him pretending to be gentle and genteel and a uniter and a moderate, I think that that won over a lot of professing Christian women who were just tired of Trump being bombastic. And you think that maybe a lot of those women realize their mistake, and maybe some of them do. But the fact is that a lot of them stopped paying attention after the election, and they really have no idea what Joe Biden has said or done. That's the sad truth. Now, they will probably get involved again in the next coming months with the midterm, with the midterms, and they will just repeat the talking point. He'll say, oh, yeah, we need democracy. We need voting rights. We need to make sure that women get miscarriage care. We need to, um, you know, 
protect some of them might even say crazy things like we need to protect trans kids and they will still they'll buy the lie they've stopped paying attention over the past two years they'll start paying attention again and where they'll get their information is what's trending on twitter and an infographic on instagram i'm sorry but it's true i'm sorry it doesn't have to be that way but unfortunately it is that way for a lot of suburban women um and i just don't i think that they would uh, now, some of them would watch a speech like this and look at the optics and say, yeah, that looks really bad. Um, but most of them, a lot of them are just going to believe, oh, yeah, Republicans, they're a threat to democracy. I've got to vote to save democracy. Good Uncle Joe is just going to tell me how it is. He's just such a such a sweetheart. It's really sad. It's sad. But if you are on the other side of that, if you're like me and you see things, of course, as I believe, as they are, and you see the threat that the Democrat Party holds, and that's not to say at all that I think Republicans are perfect and that they are the perfect choice. Actually, I don't think Republicans are very are doing a very good job of trying to um, push back against the Biden administration, at least in their campaigning, or to um, maximize the momentum, capitalize on the momentum that they should have going in to the midterms. Um, but if you're like me and you at least see that, OK, Democrat Party, not it. Wicked agenda, bad for the country. And if you're looking at every city that has been run by Democrats for decades and you're like, oh, yeah, it's destruction. It's really bad. And you're like, yeah, I don't think I can vote for that. And you're realizing that this administration sees you as an enemy of the state and may be willing to use uh, whatever power it has at its disposal as a weapon against you, I just want to comfort you by saying not that, hey, don't worry, you're not a threat, but yeah, you are. You are. You are a threat to the ideology of this administration. You are a threat to the people who want to mutilate children. You are a threat to abortion on demand. You are a threat to the overreaching power of a tyrannical state that wants to tell you, um, how to raise your family, and how to educate your children. You are a threat to the communist propaganda that is pervading schools in this country. Yes, you are a threat to that kind of damaging ideology, and you should embrace that. You should realize who you are. You should realize uh, what part of your purpose is here as an American citizen, and it is to seek the welfare of your fellow citizens. And part of that is opposing the wicked agenda of this administration and uh, many of the people who are in power. Politics matter because policy matters because people matter. Politics affects policy. Policy affects people and people matter. So if you have been in a little bit of a a snooze recently. You kind of took a break from politics over the summer months. You haven't been involved. You don't really know what's going on. Totally, totally understand because I've kind of been the same way. It's time for us to wake up again now. It's time for us to make sure that we are doing our part, that we are getting the right people elected, especially your local elections. It is um, crucial that you realize what time it is and what moment we're in and what is at stake here. And just embrace the fact that, yes, this administration, those in power will absolutely see you as a threat. And look, we are up against a lot because, as I say, every big institution, entity in this country is dominated by left wing ideology. This fantasy that many leftists have that, oh, they were facing this great massive threat of Christian nationalist fascism that's a threat to democracy. 
Really? We're talking about Hollywood, mainstream media, big tech, major corporations, the federal government, many of our intelligence agencies, public education system. They are all dominated by the same left-wing ideology. Unfortunately, much of the church is also dominated by this left-wing ideology. The institutional power lies unequivocally with the left. And so them trying to deem you pro-life Christian person who disagrees with the mutilating of children, deem you as the threat, it's all strategic. So just recognize that. Don't try to downplay it. Don't try to deny it. Just embrace the fact that you simply having Christian beliefs, simply believing the things that Christians have always believed about who who human beings are, being made male and female, the definition of marriage, the sanctity of life inside the womb, the right of personal property that we see in the Ten Commandments, just believing all of those things is going to set you against naturally the powers that be in this world. So just recognize that Christians have always been, just by being Christians, just by believing the things that we do, we have always been in opposition to and a threat, if you will, to tyranny. And we will continue to be that. We will continue to be a refuge for the most vulnerable. We will continue um, unabashedly saying and believing and pushing for that which is good and right and true. And we do so peacefully. We do so joyfully. We certainly don't do so shamefully. We do so courageously. Um, Biden is not the only one who is saying that we are a threat. This is something that you're seeing on MSNBC. This is something that you're seeing from his administration. His press secretary says the president thinks that there is an extremist threat to democracy. The president has been clear as he can be as clear as he can be on that particular piece when talking about a democracy and talking about our freedoms. She says MAGA Republicans are a threat to democracy. She also said on September 1st, we see a majority of Americans who disagree with the viewpoint of the administration. And so when you are not with where the majority of Americans are, then you know that is extreme. That is an extreme way of thinking. Is that so? Is it, so that's the definition of extreme, not by any objective standard, but if you are outside the mainstream, then you're extreme. So people who opposed the majority of those who supported the Nazis in the 1930s and 40s, those people were extreme or is Nazism extreme? Like that's what happens when you don't have an objective standard. That's I mean, you can see a window into what mob rule and the kind of so-called democratic rule that Uh, that Democrats want, you can see what that would look like. That if you don't agree with the majority or what they say is a majority thinks about something, then you are extreme. No objective standard. It's just um, what they say, what they determine in any given moment. Um, MSNBC had a segment, Roland S. S. Martin, he was a guest on MSNBC, and he said, we are at war with Trump voters. These folks are evil. They have allowed evil into their house with Donald Trump. He has now dominated the party. The evil is spreading. And when you are in a war footing, you have to respond accordingly. Wow, these are the same people who, by the way, want to disarm you. Who say that we're in a war. Who defend the military flanking the president as he says millions and millions of Americans are a threat 
to democracy. These are the same people who say you don't need guns. Interesting. That's scary. Another guest says, obviously, Republicans are, I think, the biggest threat to democracy. See, Republicans, Republicans are the biggest threat to democracy. We don't separate right wing extremists and the Republican Party anymore. Think about that. Think about who you are. Think about all of the moms and the families that you know. Think about the sweet old ladies in your church who just believe that abortion is wrong, who just believe in a more limited government, who just believe maybe in lower taxes, who just believe that maybe kids shouldn't be reading pornography in in school, who maybe just believe that there are two genders, as everyone has believed for all of time, and as science says. And so they vote Republican. These people are saying that they are right-wing extremists. Right-wing extremism today is getting married, having kids, and going to church. That's what they... Uh, apparently see as extremism, as radical, as a threat to democracy. Also, um, they're saying in the segment that the civil war may have already begun. Civil war may have already begun, they say. Again, these are the same people who, I'm sure it's just a coincidence, want to take away your Second Amendment rights. That's really troubling. That's really troubling. Biden doubled down on all of this, saying MAGA Republicans, the extreme right, the Trumpies, have chosen to go backwards, full of anger, violence, hate, and division. So he's doubling down on this, his regime, his supporters in the media, doubling down on all of this. Uh, It's really unfortunate. The heat has been turned up really high. I mean, these are the same people who, anytime there there is some kind of violent act, they say it's Republicans' rhetoric who is causing this, they never hold themselves by the same standard. Again, just recognize where we are. Recognize what we're up against. And look, we trust in a totally sovereign God. If God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8. And so we simply trust and obey. We continue to do the next right thing in faith with excellence and for the glory of God. I mean, that might be, of course, supporting your um, local candidates to make sure that they're winning their elections, but that also means leading your family in love and in truth and in grace. That does mean speaking the truth in love and refusing to lie, as Rod Dreher's book says, live not by lies. If that's the only thing that you can do, that is enough, but maybe you can do more. Maybe you can get more involved. Maybe you can talk to your friends. Maybe maybe you're being called to run for local office. Maybe you need to get involved. In the school district in your area, whether or not kids go there, you are still a taxpayer. Therefore, you are invested and you have a say in that. Now is the time for us to raise a respectful ruckus for the things that matter. There's a lot at stake. There's a lot on the line. And yes, you are going to be called a threat. You are a threat to their ideology because you represent, if you are a believer and you believe what the Bible says about human beings, about human nature, you represent what is good and right and true, of course, of course, there will be people who oppose that. And I am not, a, I, I, I do not believe as Biden does that everyone in my opposing party is evil and a threat to democracy. I don't because I know, I know Christians, good people, loving people, compassionate people who vote Democrat. Now, I think they are straight up wrong. I think they are wrong. I think they have a really big misunderstanding of theology or they have a really big misunderstanding of politics or both. I, I don't really think that there is an excuse 
for voting Democrat. Now, maybe I think you can make a case for not voting. I don't agree with that. I think you can make make a case for voting third party. That's fine. I don't agree with that. I do not think you can make a Christian case for voting Democrat. I simply do not. So I think those people are wrong. But do I think that they are my enemies simply because they vote Democrat? Simply because they're on the other side of the aisle? I guarantee there are people that we interact with on an everyday basis, have totally pleasant conversations with in the grocery store or elsewhere that vote the opposite way that we do. I don't see those people as my as my enemies. I do think that the platform, that the ideas, that the ideology of the Democrat Party is dangerous, that is driving the core of their platform. I do think it's deadly. I do. And I think it's wrong. I think sincere and well-intentioned people can vote in that way without really knowing what they are voting for. But I don't see the people as people who I have irreconcilable differences with and that are a threat. I don't see it that way. And I don't think that we should as Christians. I think we should keep the first things first while still realizing what each party and what each vote represents. So there is a balance there. All right, I wanna talk about a couple more things real quickly. Let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day. That is Carly Jean Los Angeles. Carly Jean Los Angeles, an absolutely amazing company. If you're watching on YouTube, which you should be. If you're just listening, thanks for listening. But also YouTube, we have like lots of things that we play and show. And so it can be helpful to see. But anyway, I am wearing two tank tops that are Carly Jean Los Angeles. This little sweater tank top I love. Super cute. And then the tank top under it is also Carly Jean Los Angeles. I just love this company owned by a Christian who has the same values that we do. So I feel really good about sending my money to them. Unlike a lot of women's clothing Uh, clothing places that are like sending your money to Planned Parenthood, all kinds of things that I just don't support. You don't have to worry about that with Carly Jean Los Angeles. Plus, I just love their clothes. Amazing capsule clothing company. A lot of their stuff is made in the USA, which I absolutely love. You can go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com and use promo code AllieB for 20% off excluding final sale items. There's always free shipping on orders of over $100. So go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Use promo code AllieB for that discount. That's CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. All right. So speaking of Democrat failure, I just wanted to like briefly mention what's going on in Jackson, Mississippi. So you've probably seen um, some commentary about this on Twitter about how in Jackson, Mississippi, the city is Uh, running out of water or the water that is coming out of the faucet is like dark brown. It's totally undrinkable. Apparently authorities are saying that they can just boil it. Um, But that's not the case. I mean, it is brown. We are talking about water that is undrinkable and many people there do not have access to bottled water. People are saying, well, the majority of the city is black and Mississippi is run by a Republican governor, a white Republican governor. Therefore, therefore, this is environmental racism. That is what Kat Tinbarge says on Twitter, whose tweet went viral about this. She said, this is because of years of neglect. This is environmental racism. Well, let's talk about the context of this a little bit. So Jackson had contracted with the company and subcon- and subcontractors for new water meters and new automated billing system, sewer and water treatment plant upgrades. Then Jackson claimed that the company botched the job and caused more than $450 million in damages to the water, sewer infrastructure and billing system. Jackson filed a lawsuit against the company and the subcontractors in June of 2019 and 
February of 2020, the mayor announced that Jackson um, had they've uh, Jackson and the company had reached an 89.8 million dollar settlement. $30 million went to the attorneys. Overall, Jackson experienced a net $15 million gain from the settlement proceeds. So the question is, the question is, where is that money? The money was supposed to keep the water and the sewer enterprise um, going uh, to keep that fund afloat. But in May 20 of 2022, the auditors reported to the city council that the city had for years spent significantly more than it had taken in and relied on transfers from other sources to keep its water and sewer fund afloat. $14.3 million of the $15 million gain from the lawsuit had been spent on unsuccessful attempts to shore up problems in the water and sewer billing department. So... This is because of mismanagement of the city. Who is the city run by? The city is run by Democrats, has been run by Democrats literally since the 1940s, has been run specifically by black Democrats since 1997. They've had a black Democrat mayor since 1997. A large number of the city leaders are also black Democrats. So my question is, who, where's the racism coming from here? Where's the racism coming from? Because water is under local control. This is a city that has been run by Democrats for decades. Republicans do not run Jackson. And black Democrats for decades as well. So whenever we see a problem in Flint, Michigan, or we see a problem like this, the answer to the Democrats is always, well, it's racism. Well, it's white people. Well, it's white supremacy. Well, it's Republicans. Look, these cities have been run by Democrats for decades. That is true of the vast majority of these cities who have these problems. And yet they trick people into saying, well, if you just vote for us again, even though it's been 60 years of uninterrupted Democrat rule, then we will finally conquer all of your problems when really these politicians are corrupt. They're mismanaging their funds. They're not serving their people well because they don't care. I mean, that can be true of either party, by the way. That can absolutely be true of either party. But it doesn't make sense to blame the problems in a Democrat-run city on Republicans when it comes to the local problems there. So this does tie into a lot of what Joe Biden said, because he says the Democrats are going to save the day as long as you keep voting for them. Well, let's look at their track record in every city, not just in Jackson, but in cities across the country that have been run by Democrats. I mean, if you look at San Francisco, Denver, L.A., Seattle, Portland, D.C., Philadelphia, New York City, Austin, all the cities that have been run, run by Democrats. Are things getting better there? Is crime going down? Are things cleaner? Is the homelessness problem dissipating? How are things going? Not very well. Not very well. Um, all right. I wanted to mention just one other thing uh, before we close out, just like a a story and then a request for prayer about this really tragic story. But let me tell you about our last sponsor for the day, and that is Bambi. All right, if you're a small business owner, then you need to listen up because you know that running HR as a business owner, it can take all of your time. It can take all of your resources. You know that you need to hire an HR manager, but that can be like an $80,000 a year expense when it's all said and done if you hire a dedicated HR manager. 
but you still need to manage your human resources problem. So what are you gonna do? You are going to check out Bambi. They've got dedicated HR managers. They're a US-based person dedicated to your business, giving you access to the HR expertise and personal touch you need all online. And it's just $99 a month. Your dedicated HR manager from Bambi is available by phone, email, real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly, team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulation. So you can save a lot of money, save a lot of time by getting your HR management from Bambi. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Relatable under podcast when you uh, sign up. That'll help the show. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Relatable under podcast, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, and then type in Relatable. That's Bambi.com. All right. I just wanted to um, talk really quickly about this story out of Memphis. Tragic story. You've probably heard it. This woman, she's a teacher in Memphis, 34-year-old Eliza Fletcher. She was running last week. Um, she she was running at 4.30 a.m. in Memphis, as she apparently did most mornings, and she was abducted by a man they think is named Cleotha Abstin. He is the man who is accused right now of abducting her. They also think they may have found her body. So unfortunately, she was probably murdered. He is being held right now in jail and at a $510,000 bond. And uh, this is just tragic. She's got two little boys. The man who is accused of kidnapping and killing her just got let out of jail in 2020 for kidnapping. He was charged and imprisoned in in 2000 when he was 16 for helping with the kidnap of uh, a district attorney and I think also attempting to murder him as well. That district attorney at the time actually asked for leniency against Cleotha Abstin. And so he got out of jail in 2020 and now here he is again in jail for kidnapping. I don't know what the answer is when it comes to how do we solve these kinds of problems in this particular case, although Memphis is, you know, has been run largely by Democrats um, in power for a while, too. I don't know that this is necessarily a soft on crime issue. I mean, this guy served 20 years from the time that he was 16 onward for a kidnapping um, back in 2000. So I don't know what would have been a more just sentencing for him. I don't think life in prison would have been right. But obviously, we're missing something when people get out of prison because our recidivism rate is so high. And so what is missing there for people when they get out of prison and they go back into they go back into everyday life like there's got to be something there what we're doing is not working, especially in the Democrat cities that are that are just allowing people out of prison without actually serving their sentences or just, you know, setting a, a low bail. And so they're right out of prison after committing murder or committing violent crimes or just not arresting people for the sake of, you know, racial equity quotas. But in this case, I don't know what the answer is either. It's not necessarily soft on crime. We've got to have something that reduces recidivism and we just don't. I mean, I think this is just a case that does show how the things that used to hold people together as a society really have just 
afraid, the lack of community, uh, the lack of resources that we have for people to be able to hold them to a moral standard and to make sure that they can get their lives together. Um, I'm just so sad for this woman. I'm so sad for her, for this experience. I'm so sad for her husband. I'm so sad for her two little boys, for the classroom that she was about to teach. I mean, what a tragic situation. Women, and this is not, I know people are going to say that's victim blaming. It's not. I'm just saying my like motherly advice to other women out there is please run with a partner. I know, I agree you shouldn't have to, but do it. Run with a partner, run on a treadmill, carry for the love of God, please carry uh, when you are running by yourself or even when you're running with a friend, try to run during the day. I agree that you should not have to think about those things. You should not have to do those things. And I'm not blaming her at all for what happened. It is what it is. Um, I'm just saying, if you can take any precaution, please do. This is so sad. Let's pray for her family. Let's pray for justice in this case. Let's pray for her little boys. Gosh, so sad. I just wanted to make sure that I um, I mentioned her and that I asked for you know prayer for her family. All right, we've got an amazing interview coming for you tomorrow. It's going, we're going to talk about so much Um and I won't even I won't even tell you what it's about. You'll find out tomorrow. It's going to be an amazing interview. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back here tomorrow. <laughs>